Or are you listening to this podcast now? Settle in, grab a cuppa, it's all welcome. It's the Velasco Fitness Collective Podcast with James and Ellie. Hey team, welcome to another Velasco Fitness Collective podcast. Third of the new year, three in two weeks. I think we're setting, setting records right, left and centre. We are joined again by another coach that you have yet to hear from on our podcast. We are joined today by Stu. Stu, how are you? Good, thanks. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thanks for joining us. Ellie, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. Finished my morning conditioning again. Um, had my Weetabix, got my coffee, my pint of water. I'm good. I'm all set. Um, we thought we would get Stu on to chat about motivation this episode. So we're going to talk a little bit about the things that we do to stay motivated, how we overcome the days that maybe are a little bit more of a struggle for us, because everybody has them, um, how motivation looks during lockdown, how you know being a, almost scared of the gym can, can be a huge factor for a lot of people and maybe some different ways to think about that and wherever the conversation may go from there. As always, we're going to make sure that we're all warm before we exert ourselves too readily. So, Stu, we have some questions lined up for you. Shit. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, I'll go first this week as you went first with, with Vic. The most rewarding movement that you've learned? Oh, bloody hell, good question. Uh, muscle up. Okay, bar or ring? Ring. Nice. I think that would be mine as well. <laughs> Looks cool too, doesn't it? Holy grail of CrossFit, isn't it? The ring muscle up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, Stu, your least favourite movement? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> 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 um, probably either... Actually, probably right now would be split jerk. Always been terrible at it. Still am terrible, but getting better. It would be, it would normally be between those and strict handstand push-ups, but they're coming on. So yeah, today, split jerk. Hate it. Hate it. Great representation from the coaches as well. Both <laughs> you and Jenna answered that question with, oh my God, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. What people That's don't know. <laughs> Oh, what I want to know is why you would hate a split jerk more than a thruster. That's just not normal. Probably because, you well, have you not seen him in open <laughs> every all the time. <laughs> I used to, I used to hate thrusters, but I think I've done them so much, I'm not scared of them anymore. <laughs> nice. So I think actually that will probably come back later on in this chat. It's um, yeah, stuff you're scared of, do it. Yeah, yeah. As, as much as you can. You don't suck anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Stu, if you could pick anyone, celebrity or otherwise, to have spent lockdown with, who would you have chosen? Oh, that's a great question. And they can be alive or dead. Obviously, they'd be alive when you were spending time with them. <laughs> okay, probably, <laughs> probably Bob Dylan, because I get him to teach me how to play guitar. <laughs> Not because, not for the chats. I'm sure he's really um, intense and not that exciting. I, I can't imagine him telling a joke. 
So it would be, yeah, just, I'd be like, Bob, sit there, don't talk, teach me how to play this song. And that'd be it, yeah. Nice, resourceful, nice. like it. <laughs> okay, what is your biggest fitness industry eye roll? Fitness, oh. Miss, miss, um, miss selling stuff like false advertising. So there's so much nonsense on the internet, especially about like dieting and about guaranteed results. Do this, I don't know, do like do push ups with your on your thumbs for, for 10 days and you'll be ripped, that sort of thing. Just complete nonsense that people believe because people want that shortcut. Yeah. It's not like it's not how it works. Yeah, you got you got to put in the work. I'll uh, I, I'll, I'll return my two minute ab book that I've got arriving from Amazon today. Then <laughs> um, it's gonna take you way more than two minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> Filming that expand video earlier this week, very highlighted that. <laughs> um, what are you most looking forward to in twenty twenty one? Um. Seeing, seeing my family. So I haven't seen my, uh, my little nephew or my sisters or my mum for, for quite a long time. I didn't see them at Christmas and that. So seeing them and doing normal stuff, like thinking, I don't know, going, going to like a, a gig or a festival mm. or just, just not sat in this flat. <laughs> like I'm, it, it's all day, every day. I mean, I get out and about, but yeah, I just want to, I want to, do some more stuff, like like everyone, I suppose. It's getting a bit claustrophobic. Nice. Okay. June. Yes. About how you answer this very carefully. <laughs> you probably know what's coming for you literally in the last podcast. Is it is it James or Ellie? Is that like the new donkey or giraffe? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it is the donkey or giraffe question. So, if you could choose only one mode of transport, would it be a giraffe or a donkey? Giraffe. Yes, you. Why? Because donkey's been done, hasn't it? Like we've, probably, <laughs> we've we've all seen a donkey. I've like I've probably ridden one on a beach, but you never see anyone riding past on a giraffe, do you? No, that is true. But as I always say, there's probably a very good reason for it, but each to their own. I mean, there's oh. been many many reasons for it. <laughs> I think it's probably illegal. Yeah, legal, legal and otherwise. Yeah. Um, awesome. So now the conversation is very much flowing. Stu, let's just take two minutes, as we normally do with kind of first-time guests, just to share a little bit about who you are, what you do, what's brought you to this stage of life from whatever perspective you wish to share. Okay. So uh, my name's Stu. As you know, uh, I've been a member and part of Valesco for just over three years. I started functional fitness when I started at Valesco. Uh, I've been a coach for, what, 18 months, Ellie? Something like that, yeah, is it? at least that, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Uh, outside... Uh, Fitness wise, so pre pre functional fitness, I, I I went to the gym. I used to do triathlons and I used to run a lot. Um, 
outside of the gym, I work at the MOD as an accountant. Interesting uh, side uh, fact. I don't like maths. <laughs> never, never liked it at school, was never interested in it. I fell into that. Um, I've probably got my little sister to blame for that because she, um, she's always worked in finance. She's an accountant as well. And uh, it was like this sibling rivalry thing. She, she started doing it. I was like, wow, I don't know what I was doing. I was probably doing some admin job or something at the time. And um, I was like, well, if she can do it, I can do it. <laughs> and here I am. And yeah, it's really boring. <laughs> <laughs> but it pays the bills. Um, other than that, so I, um, I've worked in the fitness industry on and off. So straight out of uni, I um I worked as a personal trainer as a freelance personal trainer in um in Guildford in LA Fitness. I don't know if they still still even exist, but I found out I was a terrible salesman, and unfortunately PT is about sales, so um I wasn't really paying the bills. Um and then yeah I sort of dipped out of the fitness industry for a few years, and then the opportunity to um. I do the internship at Valesco popped up and I thought, yeah, it's about, about time I got back on board. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Really. That's, uh, that's me. What's going on in life at the moment? I know you've got. Yeah. Uh, so um, lockdown wise, nothing changes for me. So I've been, um, I'm lucky enough still to have my job. Nothing's changed other than uh, I used to go to the office four times a week over in Filton now I'm just working from home. I've been working from home since March, I suppose, since the first lockdown. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's, I'm trying to get the training in. It's harder now, as we all know, when it's cold and wet and dark because I haven't got much room in my flat. Um, but, yeah, life, life could be a lot worse, and I, I appreciate that it is for a lot of people at the moment. Nice. All right. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Nice little insight into who's Stu. So... We're going to talk about motivation. I think maybe straight off the bat, an interesting question for either of you, I guess, is how, how do you stay motivated? What, on, on the days that, maybe on the days that you're struggling to, to do anything, I guess, to either train or to do that thing that you've been putting off doing for a little while, what, what's your view on staying motivated or, or getting motivated enough to be able to do the thing that you've been putting off or not feeling like you want to do should i shall i go ellie yeah you jump in first Jim. um so i think one thing i've learned over the years is that no one's continually motivated like if you've got an end goal that helps towards motivation but like it well, like with anything you can have good days and bad days um so I think for me personally, right now, in terms of training especially, I'm thinking long-term. So you get tired, you get achy, you have good days and bad days. But if I wake up and I think, oh, I really can't be asked today, which happens quite a lot, more than, you, more than you'd think. <laughs> I think long-term and I think, okay, well, if I do nothing, it's not the end of the world. Maybe I'll just have a rest day. But if I do something, it's better than nothing. So I think, yeah, I just, I'm thinking big picture these days, whereas before in like pre, pre-functional fitness, um, 
when I was less motivated. I'd I'd think in the I'd be living in the here and now, whereas now I'm thinking long term, and I'm thinking yeah, do something rather than nothing. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does, and and I think it's a it's a really interesting point and and one that I've heard talked about a fair bit recently is I think knowing what you're training for is important. You know, there there will be people that are training because they're you know, they enjoy competing and they want to compete fairly regularly and they want to push themselves pretty hard. There are mm. some people that are training to just look a little bit better, you know, as, as aesthetics as their, as their primary goal. And there's people that are training for longevity and just to stay fit, stay healthy, you know, be 70, 80, 90 years old and still mobile. Mm. And I think depending on that end goal, I think it probably dictates a little bit well, quite significantly how people probably should be spending their time. And I think if you know why you're training, it makes it makes it a little bit easier to operate appropriately in, in the present. Um, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, like, um, that's the key. Like, it's functional fitness. You're doing it for a reason. And I think that's, that's a, a nice spin on what we're all doing is that we're doing it for longevity. We're thinking like, okay, um, mo- not not all other sports, but most other, other sports have a shelf life. So like, I don't know, if you run a lot, eventually your knees not, might pack up. If, you, if you're playing football, you're going to have to give up at some point. But what we're doing now, you can do forever within reason. And I think that's, a, that's maybe um, if you're not training for anything, um, that's a that's the thing. We, we, I guess we're training for life. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting viewpoint because actually, when you do think about it, as you've said, most sports you're training. Like if you're a runner, you're running to be better at running, and if mm. you're a footballer, you're training to be better at football. Whereas actually, we're we're you're training to be better at life. Sport, you're you know, fitness and wellness and, and functional fitness is your sport. You are training to be more functionally fit, which is just, you know, fit for, as you say, you know, fit for life, which is quite yeah. an interesting way to look at it. And I've, I've said that jokingly before to people, like, cause I, I like, I used to really cringe at like fitness chat. Like you, you know, you like this, like what you see on the internet on YouTube or stuff, people taking the piss, like, you know, you're, you're in there training, some guy walks up to you, you're like, you know, what, um, what are you training for? And I, I always used to say as a joke, like, I'm training for life, but I literally am now. And we all are. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's, it was meant as a joke, but it's true. Yeah. What I think, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a really interesting point. And I think the difficulty with, or for me personally is I, I like competition as part of a team. And if I'm training with a team, then I enjoy that training. Training to compete on my own by myself, which has never happened and is never going to happen. <laughs> or training on my own to then be part of a team, I find really tough. It's not something I enjoy. One of the, the, the biggest things that drew me to this, the kind of training that we do now is the community aspect. It's training with other people. And that that for me is is a really, I really struggle with that in lockdown because I obviously am training solo 
And I find that really, really hard. And I think training for life is absolutely true. And we talk a lot about longevity and mobility and being able to still put our own socks on when we're eating, that sort of stuff. And it is, it's, it's invaluable, but it also makes day-to-day -day training for me quite tough because it's not a tangible, there isn't a tangible, okay, if I do this for a set number of weeks, this will happen because it, it's not, that. there's no, you know. You can't PR life. Get to 80, but who the, who knows? What was that? You can't PR life. <laughs> well, I, I don't know, James. <laughs> <laughs> There is that. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, tra training for life is is absolutely what we do. But I think it makes staying motivated day to day quite tough. And I think I I almost have to play a bit of a game with myself in that I've noticed, particularly with being in and out of lockdown, like we're doing the frigging hokey cokey at the minute, is that I am much better with motivation when I have routine because I almost get into a flow of doing things at a certain time there are certain habits that I have if I'm going to train which if my routine is not sideways I I have to be or I've learned I have to be really purposeful about recreating those routines and those habits so that the training kind of then follows so I almost I have to play a bit of a game with myself in that I know that there's always a couple of weeks of almost discomfort of trying to find a new routine that works for me based on um, where I'm living, which is currently in Cardiff, where I work, which is Bristol, and there's a requirement to be in Bristol some of the time, um, partners living in Cornwall. Um, so there's lots of different things for me to consider. And I think I know that there's always that two-week kind of discomfort. So now I've got into a bit of a habit of playing a game with myself of, how, how quickly can I regain that routine to help me find my motivation again and kind of get back into a, a, a way of doing things that helps me, that the routine brings me motivation rather than the motivation to train helps me create a habit. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So I'll ask a question if you don't mind. Um, so Ellie, you're like, how many years into functional fitness are you? Because uh, you're you're looking at it from a different perspective to me and James. Because James, I think we're similar similar lengths of time into it, aren't we? Yeah. So I guess again, like, I don't know what ten years, Ellie, is it something like that? Yeah, about that. About that. Yeah. So that again, you that's different, isn't it? Like you've been motivating yourself to do it for ten years, whereas James and I are relatively new to it so that's a different thing as well again isn't it absolutely and I think you know in those in those 10 years I've learned a lot about what I like and what I don't like what I thought I liked and realized I probably don't and actually what what training brings me and why I do it and and I think actually it was in the first lockdown I was still doing a lot of metcons and I just I lost all motivation because I hate doing Metcon. <laughs> People that can Metcon on their own, James, are slightly weird in my opinion. Like I can cruise, I can maybe push myself to go for a run, I can sit on a rower. I cannot go at 90 to 100 percent on my own because I just don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy that feeling of feeling like I've been run over by the assault bike. So I 
yeah, I had to kind of sit back and almost reevaluate why I train the way that I do. And was that then going to have an impact on why I coach it and this, that and the other? And actually, it doesn't impact what I love about coaching. It doesn't change how I feel about functional fitness in itself. I just had to change the structure of my training so that what I was doing, I was enjoying. Um, the first lockdown, I was lucky enough to be in Cornwall with my partner and there is a gym at the house, which I was incredibly grateful for. But I got much more into, I don't know, better uh, the best term for it, probably functional bodybuilding type stuff, really, and training more, you know, to stay fit, to be active, to move, but a little bit more for aesthetics because, uh, you know, one rep max back squat when you're unspotted and you're in a home gym doesn't feel particularly safe doing metcons on your own when you're spending 10 hours a day on your own um is I just find it too difficult so I because I didn't want to stop moving and I didn't want to stop training and being fit and training for life is important to me I had to sit back and be really honest with myself about what what motivates me and what do I want from this next period of training however long it's going to be and what don't I want and then kind of set my my more um, tangible and short-term training goals around how I was feeling at the time and what I wanted to get out of my training because the 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 crux of of what we do is is functional movement and you know being active, being healthy, getting our heart rates up, sweating, moving. And that I didn't want that to change, but I'm not doing dumbbell thrusters on my own. Come on. No one wants to do that ever. <laughs> and if you do, come and have a word with me because we, we need a conversation. You, know, you, you do make a really good point. You do, just doing something you enjoy, it doesn't matter if it's not what you feel like you should be doing or what you would normally be doing. If you enjoy it and it's something other than nothing, yeah. it's, then it's a win. And you know, oh, yeah. even if we get to you know, March or April, and we're still locked down and it's been on and off for 12 months, you know, realistically, that's what, 5%, 10% of, of your entire functional fitness training history, which in the grand scheme of things, the fact that you've done something a little bit different for, you know, six or seven months isn't the end of the world. Yeah. 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 And I think like, enjoyment's got a place highly on the motivation factor because we wouldn't do it if we didn't enjoy it yeah and like i said at the start well as you've said ellie like um do, doing something's better than doing nothing so if you're not enjoying it what, what's the point especially yeah. especially now in lockdown like if you're making yourself miserable by doing thrusters every day you need to have a word with yourself don't you not doing it yeah, yeah. you have permission to not do thrusters in lockdown <laughs> <laughs> Do either of you have a like a go-to thing that you do on the days where you really you're really struggling and you just can't face doing what you've got programmed or what you think you should do? Have either of you got a go-to workout or activity or thing that you do that you know you feel better after doing? You know you can pretty much do it any given day, but will be some sort of kind of active contribution to the day so this so this is probably interesting ellie because I'm, I'm pretty sure my go-to would be the opposite of yours <laughs> go on then <laughs> i'm pretty sure mine would be quite different as well <laughs> i so now now in lockdown if i'm <clears throat> excuse me if i can't be asked 
the first thing I try and do is get outside. Like even if I'm not going, even if it's just a walk, some fresh air, that's the first thing I do. Normally speaking, if I couldn't be bothered, then believe it or not, I'd go for a cardio workout. I'd jump on the bike, I'd row, I'd run. Anything just simple like um, monostructural, like intervals or just like pick a distance and go for it. That's That'd be my go-to because I know I can do it. I know I'm going to feel better after. And I, like, I don't have to think. I can sort of just jump on whatever I'm on, shut off and go for it. Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a little bit, a little bit different. Although I'm not quite as averse to running as I used to be. <laughs> uh, I actually, um, when when we went into this lockdown, and but we were told we were still allowed to meet one person outside for exercise, which still stands, as I understand at the minute. Mm. Um, I contacted one of the girls from the gym who we'll give a shout out to later, actually. Um, but she's basically running um, 150 miles in August to raise money for a mental health charity. So she's running from Soho to um, Clifton. Um, it's Ella Rothwell. And she's been putting quite a lot on her Instagram story about running. And I was like, right, I need some accountability here because I'm not going to motivate myself to run when it's cold and dark and all the rest of it. So I sent her a message and said, before I change my mind, um, do you want a running buddy once a week? Um, feel free to say no. And she's jumped at the chance. So two weeks out of two, done a couple of 6K runs. So it's oh, been quite good. Um, so uh, yeah, so one of the things I've, dis I've discovered that is if I'm struggling for motivation is to make myself accountable or feel like I have a responsibility to someone else to do something because I won't back out. If I've made an agreement with somebody, I won't back out of it. Um, my go-to workout on my own would be an easy EMOM and I mean easy I don't EMOMs I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with so if it's a tough one I mentally I really struggle with them but I think that's part of the that's that is part of the fun um but yeah if I really don't want to move and I know I need to I will do something like I don't know a small number of burpees on minute one sit-ups on minute two press-ups on minute three maybe some sort of plank or just something that's gonna get my heart rate up which is not going to require too much mental toughness but also that I'm not going to get bored doing either because going for a run on my own if I get bored the circle I run in gets very small I like I literally run out of the <laughs> I live in and decide I can't be bothered and run back around again it's about 500 meters <laughs> so something where I'm not easily bored you love a burpee Ellie don't you I yeah I'm mean, well I don't mind burpees in high volume which might be a bit weird um or if there's like a set number in a workout what where burpees I find where I find them quite difficult is again is that 90% effort so if you said do 18 burpees a minute on the minute for every minute and last as long as you can I'd probably give up in minute one because that's shifting and I really struggle with that whereas it, that's probably the sort of workout that James would do as his morning conditioning session <laughs> Not a... yeah the the other thing that I do which I find quite helps if I've got a training session I really don't feel like doing is I take a bit of pressure off myself and I'm like just do the first bit don't worry about what comes after it. Don't worry about whether you get to part C or whether you do the Metcon or I'm like, just stretch, warm up, see how you feel. And then I'm like, right, do the first bit. 
if you don't feel like hitting the percentages or you don't feel like hitting the intensity that's been suggested, then don't do what feels good. And then if you've done that and you want to carry on, do. And if you don't, then stop because you've done, which comes back to your point, so you've done something which is better than nothing. So instead of beating yourself up and giving yourself a tough time about it, just, you know, be pleased that you've done something and don't do the rest of it. So yeah, I get different strategies, I guess, for different days, but accountability to someone else, just move if I really need to and I can't be bothered to do anything or start whatever is programmed and and kind of go by feel um yeah yeah james what about you how do you do you struggle for motivation yeah i do um i how does that present itself for you because i think it's probably different for different people isn't it and i think but i'm quite open about struggling for motivation i don't ever hear you say oh i really don't feel like it today or i can't be bothered or thrusters can get in the bin it just like you always seem fairly motivated yeah that's a point i don't think i've ever heard you say i can't be asked james <laughs> what's, wrong, what's wrong with you um so that it, it definitely happens um i so I, on on the days that i struggle i will i've got kind of i've got a bit of a commitment to myself that i will so a lot of the things that you've just shared, Ellie, resonate with with how I operate. So I'll always, I'll always start, even on the days when I, I really can't be bothered. I, I know I've said it before, and, and there's real relevance in kind of reiterating it. The the amount of time on the days that I really struggle, I will always ask myself, "What what are you doing when no one's looking?" Yeah, like that. Are you, I, I use, that's probably like my main, which is why I've spoken about it before. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it again. You know, people have probably heard me talk about it. But if I'm sat on the sofa and it's really warm, maybe you've just had dinner, there's something on the TV that's not particularly engaging, but I'm kind of invested in it and I haven't worked out and I'm supposed to. That's a, that's a prime example of those days where I really struggle. And asking myself, what are you doing when no one's watching? Actually, yeah, right now I'm sat on the sofa, not doing anything. I could go and move, sweat, make myself physically better, Check. you know, almost develop myself physically. And that, that helps. It doesn't necessarily get me up and moving. The other thing I will do is I'll just start stretching and I'll start stretching inside. I'll start doing the things I would normally do in a warm up just stretching off my hip flexors, my hamstrings. I just stand up and just stretch and start moving because then technically I've already started my warm up and I've kind of overcome the initial like inertia of, of actually starting the process. Um, a real easy one is literally just getting changed. If I go upstairs, yeah. just chuck on a t-shirt and some shorts, actually 99% of the time, cool, I'm now training. It's, it's a real yeah. small commitment to just get changed into my gym stuff. Even if I sit back down in front of the TV, go and get changed. And that, again, you've it's like started, a mindset thing, isn't it? Like It is, yeah. You've started the process. Like, you know, like Ellie's point of, of just doing the first bit, 99% of the time you will do the rest of it. Um, in terms of an actual go-to workout, 
I have a, an, an EMOM, which as a structure, I think works really well. So every minute on the bit, being at the mercy of the clock, it takes effort and decision and kind of, well, I guess effort and decision out of the equation because you are just at the mercy of the clock. At the top of every minute, you are going to do what you have decided you are going to do. There's no stopping, starting. It's not an AMRAP. It's not about how long can I hold on to this for because it's really tough. I've decided a, a predetermined amount of time and a predetermined amount of effort. All the decisions are now made for me. I just need to go and do it. And for me, I do a 20-minute EMOM, um, 15 calorie assault bike, and then between 10 and 15 burpees, depending on how I'm feeling. Um, I know that it's done and dusted in 20 minutes. I know it's a good sweat. If I'm feeling really beat up and, and I'm really tired, it's, it's scalable. You know, I might back it off and do... 12, 12 calorie bike and 12 burpees or 10 calorie bike and 10 burpees, but I'll work in that 10 to 15 rep range. 20 minute EMOM is done and dusted. I'm at the mercy of the clock and I don't really have to think. And I think having, maybe on a rest day, I think deciding on one or two predetermined activities that you always have in your back pocket for the days that are tough, that might be, taking a look at where you live and deciding on a, a pre-mapped route oh. in your village or your town or city that you know is, let's say it's three miles and you know it's there, you know where to start, you know where to finish. Having that route predetermined and on a day where you really don't feel like doing much but you want to go for a walk you can switch off and, and go on autopilot and walk the route that you already know you've planned um and the same with the workout as well maybe designing a workout that you know is 15 20 minutes you know what you've got to do you know it's not going to kill you you know it'll give you a good sweat and you'll feel good after it so that when you're sat there going oh i really don't want to do this today you can just go okay cool i'm just going to turn on autopilot, go and do my thing. I'll, I know I'll feel better after doing it. Even if it's 10, 15 minutes work, it's 10, 15 minutes work that you wouldn't have otherwise done. Um, and the other little commitment I've made to myself is just saying yes. So most people that have trained with me, especially at the gym, you've probably experienced, if, if you've kind of come over and gone, I'm doing this in a bit, do you want to join? regardless of whether or not I want to, I force myself to say yes. Um, especially if it's power cleans and bar muscle-ups. Especially if it's power cleans and bar muscle-ups. But even if it's, if, if it's stuff I don't want to do, yeah. if it's stuff that I know I'm not good at, if it's stuff I know I'm great at, regardless of what it is, I will just say yes. Because the moment I've said yes out loud, I guess, that, I guess it's that accountability point. Yeah, um, definitely. The moment I say yes... <clears throat> Again, it's a decision that I've almost taken away from being able to consciously make. Like I've already decided that if somebody asks me to join them on a workout, I will say yes and join them. So whenever that happens in life, noted, <laughs> I don't have to make a decision about whether or not I join them because I've already committed to myself, you know, previously, if somebody ever asks me, I'm going to say yes. So it, it yeah. means that I do stuff I wouldn't normally do. It means that I am training with different people, doing different things, and it means that I don't have to think about making extra commitments. So I, I think I've never really had to kind of think out loud and verbalise it before. Um, 
but I, I definitely struggle with motivation. I just have, I guess, systems in place to help me just to deal with it. I just go on yeah. autopilot, I think, most of the time, and I think that works for me. You you saying you've got systems, actually, it's just made, what literally while I've been sitting here has made me realise that <clears throat> two other two other mechanisms for me have kind of come out of the last 12 months. The first one is being, you know, a lot of people think that being a full-time coach and working in a gym is amazing. And it is, but it actually ironically makes training harder because a, I'm training in my place of work. So if there are things that I know I need to do or that are at some point going to need to be done that week, unlike for most people when I am training I don't get to go to the gym to switch off I am in my place of work and I'm surrounded by people who I care about who I have relationships with who I want to help get better who might have questions who might need something from me and I find it very difficult to switch off um so actually that that thing about you getting changed James I realized and having had a conversation very recently with somebody about so I basically got two pairs of shoes for Christmas. Um, one was a pair of Nobles and one was my Metcons. And I discovered that actually just changing my shoes from wearing my Nobles to work in to put my Metcons to train in for me was a was a mental signal that right now I'm in my Metcons, I'm going to go and train as opposed to just literally closing my laptop, going downstairs and training. I needed some kind of trigger that says right now I'm in training mode. Um, and the other thing for me was the thing that you just said about rest days and for me, I I started using rest days as a, not as a reward, but I, again, I guess it's a bit of a challenge to myself of like, I'm going to train today. Um, my body feels pretty beat up. It's Friday, I'm quite tired, but I've already planned my day tomorrow, which is a rest day. And aside from meeting my brother outside for a walk, hopefully, I plan on doing nothing tomorrow except making the food that I want to eat in the kitchen and then walking about five steps to my sofa and binge watching a TV series that I've been dying to watch for ages. And I'm literally going to do nothing else. So my kind of payoff for that is if I train really hard today, I can enjoy tomorrow completely guilt-free and feel like I've earned it because I've trained and not that you have to earn your rest days, but for me personally, that's a really good way of saying, right, you don't feel like training today you've got an amazing rest day plan tomorrow that you want to really enjoy rather than feeling like there's a session that you said you do it's been written for you and you haven't done it so do it today get out of the way and enjoy your rest day tomorrow recovery so great great point Stu. for you how does where, where does the importance of recovery sit in in relation to kind of motivation levels for you uh so i'm a lot better than i used to be yeah. so i used to i used to sort of um <clears throat> uh, train myself into the ground and then think oh yeah i should probably have a rest day <laughs> i'd go like five six seven days in a row and then by the end of it i was broken nowadays i'm getting better and this is one thing where lockdown suits me because normally um on a normal week um if the world was normal I'd be like probably do like maybe five, six sessions in Valesco, uh, a session with friends, other stuff as well. Um, and now unlocked and and maybe have like one day off, I'd have like a Saturday off. Nowadays, 
on lockdown, I'm having like, I'm doing like maybe five or six sessions and a run maybe. And, uh, and I have a rest day on a Thursday. And on Fridays, I'm loving life. Mm-hmm. Like, Friday, I'm like, oh, this is, this is why you have a rest day. Yeah. I like, I feel good. I'm, you know, I feel energized. Not, not everything's aching. So I think that it adds to the enjoyment. If you, if you, if you rest as you should or when you should, you listen to your body, then it makes, it just makes your life so much better. And that helps with motivation because otherwise there's, there's nothing worse than aching all the time, being tired all the time. You're thinking, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same. I used to, I used to run myself into the ground, and you know, it was a bit of a running joke that, you know, how many rest days have you had this month? <laughs> and it would be like maybe one, two. Um, yeah. It just, I, I, for, historically, I'm just used to training every single day. Um, yeah. And it's not feasible. Like I, I now more than ever understand the importance of a rest day and actually proper recovery and sleep and, and eating and hydration and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I think one of the things that's helped me, especially when, especially if you have quite a busy work schedule and you do a lot of stuff outside of of work and the gym planning when those rest days are, I think if you follow like online programming or or programming generally, I think your rest days are almost predetermined for you. Um, but actually being comfortable to switch that up to suit your life. Like I know, and if Kyle and Steve are listening, I'm sure they'll they'll have a, a smile on their face when I say what I'm about to say. But Monday rest days are a game changer. Most people will see a Monday as like kick their week off on a Monday, back in the gym, back to work. Resting on a Monday has changed the game. So I yeah, yeah. love a Monday rest day. Yeah, and it's, it's great because you you're, you're you know you're you usually i guess for most people you'll be back in work or back to school as a teacher or whatever you'll have loads going on you'll be setting your whole week up actually if you can remove training from that day and just focus on getting your week set up correctly it takes so much of it lifts such a burden that you don't have to think about training tuesday then you're kind of back in the gym you know how your week looks already train for a few days i then rest a thursday or a friday my weekends are pretty free and I enjoy training on the weekend because it's normally with other people. There's normally a bit of a buzz going on. I've normally got time for having a coffee after or, you know, having, you know, eating a lot more than normal. I can have a huge training weekend. And then I know that come Monday, my body can rest. I can set my week up and I'm back around. So actually structuring your week in terms of like regular rest days to suit your lifestyle as well can really help. It, it lifts that, um, I heard it recently, this this term recently on a podcast, it removes that ambient anxiety that I think a lot of people have where they know they need to train tomorrow or they've got a really busy day and they're not sure how they're going to get training in or they're, they're in the day and they haven't been able to train yet and they're worried about getting it in. It just lifts that anxiety completely and just makes makes training a more fun thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, you hear a lot at the moment. It seems to be like a trendy... Um thing to say never miss a monday but yeah i I think like i've i've had rest days on mondays as well so like if we train on a sunday and have a monday off it's it's exactly as you're saying james because it's the first day of the week you've got everything is back on so you might have had saturday sunday to rest your brain not think about everything else and then it's just it's full on 
so yeah i mean you've got to have a rest day based on your schedule whatever suits you but yeah mondays mondays work mondays a good shout yeah and i think it, there's almost an element as well and, and i this isn't proven this there's no science behind this at all this is just me and my bro science but if i think about you hear it a lot with sleep like use the bedroom for sleeping because the more you yeah. associate the bedroom with other things the more difficult it becomes to use it for its intended purpose which is sleeping mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's, there's an element of it for me that's the same with training. Like if I'm always having a bit of a crap session on a Monday because it's always jammed into my schedule, it's it's always after a long day at work. I've got loads going on, loads in my mind. I can never really focus. If I start to associate training with that feeling and specifically, you know, starting my week off with a training session that feels like that, actually you know it, it, it could very easily change your perspective or your outlook on training and how training should feel whereas mm. if I train on a Saturday and a Sunday and the sessions are a little bit longer a lot more relaxed a lot more fun actually I go into the week with an association of training being super fun really sociable something that I really really enjoy having had two amazing sessions I probably enter the week thinking differently about training and feeling differently about it as well um so i think environment and you know the lifestyle around the days that you train probably has an association you know link as well with how your sessions feel and how they're structured and what you get from them yeah yeah Stu, if you could go you've referenced a couple of times historically how you used to train Mm. you could go back 10 years and give younger Stu a a bit of advice what would you uh what would you tell him Training wise, yeah, I've got so much to tell that guy, but um, we'll stick with training. Come <laughs> on, tell us all of it. <laughs> I've got time. Um, oh god, I think the best advice I could give young Stu would be like, there's loads of there's loads of things floating about, especially on the internet these days. Like, you, there's so much going on, and there's so many like trendy quotes and things to listen to but my advice would be listen to them all but pick ones that apply to you uh so like the like we've just said about never miss a monday that's well and good if that doesn't work for you it's completely nonsense like don't don't listen to that um so yeah like one key one for me as we've as we've already discussed, would be listen to your body. It sounds like a cliche, and it sounds like oh yeah, okay, but what does that actually mean? But like we've just said, James, if you're if you're setting yourself up for a week and having a rest day on a Monday, and that works for you, you're listening to your body, and and you you're improving your life. Yeah, I think that would be it. Yeah, stick stick to what works for you. Everyone's got advice. Everyone's different. Everyone's an individual. Stick what works for you, I think, with what I tell myself would be. Yeah. Ellie, how about you? Did you tell Ellie of 10 years ago? Oh, 10 years ago? Uh, oh, I, you know, I was just listening to that. I'm just, I really, <laughs> tough question. It's a good one. Um, Okay, so yeah, from a training perspective, I guess it would be 
to just do do what you enjoy. So on, I guess along the similar lines with Stu, but um, or do what gets you the results that you want. But be honest. That's probably the that's probably the most appropriate thing. Be honest with yourself about what you are training for, because I think particularly in the world that we're in, in terms of functional fitness, like competitions are great. They're a lot of fun if you if you're that way inclined. Um, they, you know, we talk a lot about doing small competitions, big competitions, um, about always trying to hit PRs, about moving more weight, about learning all the, you know, fancy gymnastics and stuff. But actually being in the gym and moving and doing functional fitness training of any form is going to benefit your life. What isn't going to benefit you is repeatedly doing things that you don't enjoy. So yeah. don't always skip classes that have got thrusters in them, for instance. I don't do them out of choice, but if I do a Wednesday conditioning class at the gym, if they're in them, will I do them? Yeah, of course I will. Um, but, you know, I, I have, the more... The more I do what I enjoy training for the most part of it and do the bits that I don't really enjoy because they're good for me, the more I enjoy my training, the more motivated I am. So my training is varied and it's all encompassing, but do I focus on the stuff that I enjoy doing more? Yeah, I do, because that's what keeps me motivated. Yeah. Nice. All right. What about, what about you, James? um so much <laughs> uh, it's a hard question isn't it i used yeah I, I used to train as i said i literally used to train every single day i would quite happily and openly operate with the view of if it means i can pr my deadlift today i'll take back problems when i'm older like I, I, that that was my view. Like I used to, I used to be the classic, like take the mick out of CrossFit, bicep curls, deadlift, bench press. Like I, I literally used to build to a one RM deadlift twice a week, and I did this <laughs> with my back squat. <gasps> Love that. For those people listening, never ever ever do that. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, I loved it, and I love deadlifting, and I'm convinced that's why my deadlift is, you know, is as it is now. But my, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that my body right now, it's not, it's not bad. It's still pretty functional for what it is actually. But I think I'd probably have less niggles and challenges with my body now if I'd have trained a little bit smarter. So I think kind of quite usefully, I'd probably tell 10 year old, not 10 year old James, but 10 years ago, James, be more comfortable resting because actually a rest day is just as valuable for your training as a training day. Um, back off the calories a little bit, or at least make them slightly higher quality. Um, <laughs> there was a period of time where I did a gallon of milk a day for three months to put weight wow. on. Um, wow. Eight pints of full fat milk a day for three months. Like you can imagine, A, what it did for my deadlift, but B, what it did to my body. Um, so just, just <laughs> <ridiculous>. uh, follow... <laughs> 
follow the less follow less of the bro science advice and just be a bit smarter and be comfortable that you'll still get strong you'll still put size on you don't need to make a pizza burrito with, a, with some burgers and like it yeah it i think just to be a little bit smarter and just to be confident that resting and being careful with your body actually probably has a lot more benefits than than i thought so essentially be a be a smart and patient bro yeah yeah <laughs> like that um Stu, thank you so much. We're going to wrap up there. I know there was, there's probably loads more that we could have gone on to cover. <clears throat> Maybe we'll have you back on to kind of carry on from, from where we got to, because I know, you know, we wanted to touch on, you know, what it's like to almost be scared of the gym and, and kind of take it off in a few different avenues. So maybe we'll, we'll do a couple more of these as well, if you're happy to come back and join us. Um, have either of you got any shout outs? Only the one that I mentioned before, which is... Um... Ella Rothwell, who, for those of you who don't know, does our intro for the uh, podcast. Um, she is running, I think the charity's come. Ella, apologies if that's wrong. I think it is. I think you're right. It's a mental health charity. Um, running it for her brother, right? She's running it for her brother. Um, she's running from Soho to Clifton Suspension Bridge. That's Soho in London or the Soho in London. Correct. <laughs> Um, because that's where she spent most time with her brother and she's from Bristol. So she's done it. It's 150 miles. So it's about a marathon a day for six days. She started her training now. She's already feeling quite sore. Um, yeah. And, um, but yeah, she's doing it for an amazing charity. She's trying to raise 5,000 pounds, I believe. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so just a shout out to her. It takes massive commitment to, um, run a lot she's running four or five times a week um so i take my hat off to her for that um and just yeah for the commitment to running 150 miles in six days it's in august and she will be looking for people to join her at certain parts of the run as well so if you do like running stew um mm. she'll be looking for people to join her along the route but yeah just a massive shout out for for raising money for an amazing cause doing something um which i would not be able to do um mm. among the people on instagram she's yeah run with rothers isn't it yeah run rothers run anybody wants to go check it out and donate stories are always pretty funny as well so if you want a bit of light-hearted humor whilst you donate she's a she's a a good source yes good good quality stories from uh, ella um a couple of things actually um uh one thing that i think so we talked about motivation one thing that I like watching, so you can see this on YouTube, from Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> um, fantastic <laughs> actor, a bit of a legend. He did have a love child with his housekeeper, naughty, but even so, <laughs> he's got six. He's got six rules of success, which I'll read out. But watch this on YouTube. Number one, trust yourself. Number two, break some rules. Number three, don't be afraid to fail. Number four, ignore the naysayers. Number five, work your butt off, like you were saying, James. Number six, give something back. It's really good. It's really motivating. Give it a watch. Yeah. And secondly, I heard this quote years ago um, that is stuck with me. And I don't know, I, I heard it from like a, a professional Ironman triathlete. And it, it's something, it's something like this. It says, um, oh God, I've got it written down. Where is it? You never get everything back, but you'll always get out, get back what you put in. And just... 
Nice. Think, think about that for a minute. It says a lot. And it, I've, I've always remembered it. I heard this years ago. So, yeah, I'd like to leave with that quote. Thanks for having me on. Really enjoyed yeah. it. You are welcome, Stu. Thank you so much. Ellie, thank you as always for joining. Team, we will see you again soon. Have a lovely day.